You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the 138th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. Guys, it's the most exciting time of the year. Do you know why? Um, Because cute baby alert. And by baby, I mean kangaroos yeah. and snakes and other That's awesome. That's right. In, I think they're it's called tour down under season. They're called kids, aren't they? We've got road fever Kangaroos. here at the Slow Ride Podcast. Isn't a baby yeah. kangaroo a joey? No, well, maybe. For some reason, I thought they are called kids. I think goats and humans are kids. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah. kangaroos are joeys. So it's, uh... <laughs> hey, little guy. They're on friends. Uh, yeah. Spencer and I were talking <laughs> off the air, and we, we are pulling for Tom Boone and Tom Boone and Alan, and we know that mm-hmm. the moment is coming. Do you yeah, have a cab driver? Do you have a cab driver all lined up so like that knows how to um, help out if if that is a situation? Because I've seen a couple of movies where cab drivers yeah. always are the guys that you know save the day. Yeah, pretty sure they're usually trained in baby delivering. Yeah, usually they are. Um, no, because we're like five blocks from the place we're going to give birth. So if we can't make it there, do you have a pedicab on call with a siren no. on the top? No. You guys no. are about five blocks away from Chicago Lake Liquors. I'm not out of line here, am I? Oh, yeah. We're totally doing it on the roof of Chicago Lake Liquors. <laughs> awesome. That's well, gonna be... little guy, we are super we'll use, excited. We'll use all, those, uh, use all those Budweiser flags as receiving blankets. And uh, Perfect. We are, uh, we are excited for you and uh, your family to come, so good luck. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great time of year to um, bring a, uh, a new person into this world because it is the official start of road season um, uh-huh. this week. Yeah, they're the, sort of right in line with the road season with thing. The, it's uh, perfect. With the tour, talk about a segue. With the uh, mm-hmm. tour down under, uh, which I'm pretty sure last year at this time we made a promise to never talk about this race. It's, yeah, I think it yeah. was even more recently, which is impressive how quickly <laughs> we forgot about so, the fact that we were not going to do that. But I think we set like a limit, like we would wait until now to do it. I think we're in the clear. Okay. Well, we still shouldn't do it, so let's move on. Yeah, yeah so we're going to move on. Um, for those that have been following along on no, we Twitter, um, we have told everybody that uh, cross season is over um, with Stephen Hyde's victory in Connecticut last week and our Pulitzer yeah. Prize winning video that um, was all over the internet um, at various uh, outlets that have used it. And I do want to say <laughs> that the uh, um, it's nice, but we are of the firm belief that road season right now is actually in the preseason friendly mode because yeah. the official road season doesn't start until February 25th with Umloop. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah. Is, uh, yeah, this is like Florida spring training. Yeah. You know, like. Because we, we've gotten asked by some people, like, when does road season really start? And it's definitely Het News Bold, um, yeah, well, Umloop, February yeah. 25th. And then you Strata, Bianca. Strata Bianca is really like where I get really excited. Yeah, you know it's preseason because Sagan, he let somebody else win 
like today or yesterday or whatever. So <laughs> obviously it's just training time. Mm-hmm. We know well, we know the season doesn't start till he starts winning. And the the other uh, one of the news leading into this week was the fact that uh, Sagan's saying that he's going to use a disc brake bike at Paris Roubaix, and that's like, and I wonder if he is forced to use the disc brake bike because obviously his sponsorship is so tied to Specialized, and like how important it is for them to have you know their road disc take center stage at an event like that. Probably. Or do you it's think it really is going to make that much the, of a difference for him? Do you know what I'm I saying? Mean, I think it makes zero difference in Paris Roubaix. Yeah, zero it, difference. It doesn't seem like it would. I mean, maybe if it was wet, I guess. I don't know. No, I still I mean, think it's zero difference. I think it's all tires. But uh, yeah, Specialized if, doesn't sell tires, so they don't care. Well, they do, you, but. Yeah. Yeah. If you can run a 28 on your road bike with road calipers, I don't know how much bigger of a tire you need for Paris Roubaix. You know, like. You could run a 30, I guess, or a 32, but I don't know if it makes a difference anymore. Like, up to 28, I think, is the research that I've seen. Like, it, you oh, know, you, you see some benefits, but... I've seen I've seen some nerdy research that goes beyond. You can just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But what's yeah. the... I guess it's... But you start paying weight penalties after that, and especially so with when the I disparate read that, as well. When yeah, I read that article true. about Sagan using discs at Roubaix... I should then mm-hmm. read it. What you're saying is, I should read that as strictly marketing. Like that is the specialized I, marketing machine. I think you should read every single equipment decision press release based around a pro cycling team as marketing. <laughs> since since the birth of STI, the only yeah, the only thing <laughs> the and. And usually Roubaix is the one time where you you find the, the, the chink in the armor of the marketing because you get those spy shots of the bikes and the close-ups of, like, the tire manufacturer's name markered over. Or you mm-hmm. get the guys pulling out uh, the old wheels with different labels on like them. The box rims or something. Yeah. And yep. you get all these weird things that are people's go-tos that aren't what they're but supposed to be riding. Roubaix has always been like the the tech advancement of all races, though, right? Like that's when they would in, have the, in a the way, Ruby fork, like the the road fork. But in a way, but in a way, it's, it's also it's a throwback. Yeah. That sounds. It's nice. like it's like it's the perfect storm of like future tech and like retro grouch coming together. Yeah. Yeah, into one. It's it's incredible. Freaking elastometers on road bikes and box section tubulars. Yeah, guys are really... like, remember when uh, dumpstring GP4 rims with 36 holes and like lacing them up. Only way to go. Hey, um, yeah, I was in downtown Orlando the other night. Um, Sarah and I were gonna. Are you sure you were in the suburbs? Probably looks the same. Yeah, no, <laughs> we were going burn. to burn, man. We were going to see a play, and there's a bar in downtown. Mm-hmm. That on the sign outside. Oh, dinner theater, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the sign on the awning, there is a sign that said yeah. O L N Outdoor Life Network, and it had the logo and everything. And I was like, really? Whoa, someone needs <laughs> to update their awning. And I was and I was just wow. thinking about that. I was remember when the Outdoor Life Network was like really investing in uh, cycling, and they had the uh, mm-hmm. stories of like Paris Roubaix and like the guy's basement where he's been aging the mm-hmm. tubulars for like fifteen years. And I was like, you gotta oh, do it. Outdoor Life yeah. Network. Good wow. stuff. That hasn't well, existed for like 10 years at least, has oh, it? Oh, dude, there's two networks between. You're forgetting about yeah. Versus. Uh, yeah, Versus. Oh, yeah, and, Versus. And then it became NBC Sports Network. Like, there's a whole... Like, Versus was around for a long time in like 2006. 
to like versus least... was mostly like horse versus fan- man or cow versus man or something because well, it was all like yeah, and like there was all the... steer wrangling and shit. I yeah, remember that the professional, professional bull and... rodeo. Phil Liggett could cut a mean promo for PBR bull riding. <laughs> like that was. Uh, he had no idea what he was talking about. That was like if 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 we got sponsored by Snooker. And we had to do some really sweet snooker promos every time. <laughs> Be like, you take the white ball and you yeah. hit as many red balls. No, snooker. Snooker. Is it like bumper? Bumper pool? No, no, snooker doesn't have any. There's no bumpers in pockets there. though. You oh. gotta you gotta hit a colored ball. You gotta hit the balls in order, and mm-hmm. then then you put a red ball in in between them. So you gotta every, so between but every no pockets, color. Right? color no, you put in a red ball it's there's the same no type pockets. of table it's just a little bigger it's bigger than a normal pool table but it's the same pockets in the same general vicinity as in the corners and sides and so you gotta like knock in the one and then before so, you can put in the two before you can put in three you know what i mean so i just okay. want to point something out like we are a top rated cycling podcast you know i think we're pretty proud of that a lot of people listen to the show the download numbers are off the chain but mm-hmm. What do you think the Venn diagram is of people listening to the Slow Ride podcast that also like care about snooker? I'm willing it's to probably bet okay it's, because it's probably people the one guy watch... in the UK that listens. Oh, but you got all the you got to watch all the pirated Eurosport feeds to catch the races, and they show those promos for snooker. And sometimes it comes on right after the races. So you stick around a little. But speaking... you, what happens to me is like the race ends. You go to the bathroom. You go to get something to eat. You come back. You think you're going to watch the podium. What the hell is this crap that's on? Well, I got my yeah. food. I got Team my handball. snack. I guess so. Yeah. Have you you know, you know what you know what's come on a couple of times uh, on the pirated Eurosport feed, and I know exactly what you're talking about, little guy. I I haven't really seen snooker that much, but I always see darts and the dart world championships and all yeah. those dart events. Oh my god, those fans are insane! Like it's like yeah. you're basically a beer garden, and everyone's drinking a bunch of beer, watching some dudes throw some throw some darts. Pretty so weird because I mean you can just go to the bar and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite the same. The uh, electronic dart things that I've played, uh, maybe not, may not quite to the same level. It's kind of like, uh, uh, what would be the cycling equivalent to like watching a Tour de France and watching like uh, track. You know, cat five track. Are, are you no. are, maybe we're the um, we're the snooker of podcasts, right? Like people accident, like they they just subscribe to like the wide angle podium feed, so they're all listening to Crosshairs Radio, which has like yeah. legit news, and they're like, "Wow, man, great coverage of Cyclocross Nationals. That was an amazing interview," you know. And then all of a sudden, it just rolls over to to this, and they're like, "Wow, I guess like I mean mm. nothing." I'm, like- I'm, they do mention bikes every once yeah. in a while, I guess. Yeah, I guess between okay. the snooker talk. So, yeah. in today's Cyclocross World Cup, um, a classic mm. Italian World Cup from what I heard, I didn't watch, but the big story, of course, is Marianne Voss takes the win. Um, now, pretty, how is it classic, amazing. Sam? Explain that sentence to me. Well, every time I think of a <laughs> Italian Cyclocross World Cup, I think of zero mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. And, okay. um, Check. Uh, a lot of and you like, think of uh, like no, a lot of mud, right? No, I think a lot of barriers with like the exposed feet, like kind of the mm-hmm. poor crowd okay. control ones. Like at least that's the Rome World Cup. Oh, okay. Was I wrong? Was it muddy? I it was very muddy. I muddy. think usually think of like a grass crit. 
but this seems like I, it was money. Didn't the uh, the one in Rome wasn't it like, at like a horse racing track kind of it deal? Was very groomed. Yeah, something Wait. along those lines. Okay, so you were saying, Tim, Voss won the the women's race, which is sweet. She's back. She's a force to reckon with. Yep, and um, Alan Noble of the U.S. got eighth place. Nice, um, a yep. top ten, which is uh, very good. And then the uh, um, you know Carolyn Monty got fourteenth. Katarina Nash got second in Deborah. I mean, you know, everyone was there. Um, yeah. Friend Except of the podcast Tom's. and uh, um, eyewear connoisseur Eva Lechner did get fifth place to round out the um, the wide angle podium. But I mean, I, know, like, I didn't. I guess I didn't watch it. I watched some highlights. You know, there's some uh, murmurs yeah. on the Twitter that uh, Vout is using some kind of like motor in his bike. <laughs> really? That's yeah. gonna start. Like, oh, yeah, there's, there's a great clip going around that uh, is is one of those rider hate it all type of clips where it's like really? the, wheel, the wheel spins because the crank is, you know, being cranked on by the ground or whatever. And oh god, you know, it kind of looks suspect, but it kind of doesn't. And it, you you could probably argue it either way. And well, like, correct from the quality of the footage, you know. I he haven't on seen a felt the and wasn't no, hazed nope. at all on a felt when his bike had a motor in it. I haven't seen it's the footage. Like people, Crosshair is talking seen, about it, but either. he's not retweeting it because he's got journalistic integrity. Whoa, us, it's it's like, oh, that's totally a motor. Yeah, you can find it. I'll tell you where to find it, Tim. It's yeah. uh, yeah, I've got a video of Donald Trump putting a motor in his bike too. Really? <laughs> yeah, bad. and then he has a prostitute pee on the bike, and then breaks the motor. <laughs> okay. Is that worthy of treason or not? I don't know. Probably. Well, uh, uh, did, did you guys see the men's race? I didn't see it. Spencer, I think you saw the men's race. Let's let's cut the malarkey. I know who saw this race. Spencer, what'd you think? I, I did. I saw the race. Uh, it was exciting for about a half of the first lap while the group was still together. And then it uh, kind of came apart. Um Two Nerds actually off the front for a minute before Wout took over, and it was the Wout show from there on out. Yeah. Um, course looked, I'd say about 25% of the course actually looked really cool, and the rest of it just looked kind of like, eh, you know, another groomed uh, Italian-style park uh, mm-hmm. where there was lots of little paths and yeah. going that they had to go over. So a lot of transition areas. Yeah, no. I, I will defend Italian racing in this. I didn't see this, but did you guys see the bit of, I think it was the Italian National Championships that uh, I think Meyerson posted it like on yeah, his Facebook like a, or something. Like an F1 race. Yeah, did you did you watch that last lap that he posted? No. Uh, okay. I, so, didn't, I didn't see him post anything, no. So, Tim, you're just reading the title and then yeah, quoting yeah. the title back yeah. to me. Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't learn anything. This this video of this last bit of this lap was amazing because it was like four dudes and they fought for every single corner. And it was like a Tuesday night uh, cross race here in Minnesota where they have just a pretty boring course, but they have about 150 turns. And dudes were shouldering each other in every turn. At one point, like four dudes went for a corner and one guy went down and then jumped right back up. I mean, it was insane. It was it was nuts. And it was great, yeah. even though it was the easiest course in the world. These guys made it amazing. So I think Italian racing can be cool. I mean, yeah, I think so. It's, I think it's different racing than what we're used to. 
Well, of course, today, too, like, uh, part of the issue was that it was uh, extremely slippery. Um, I don't know if it was a combination of the whatever groomed terrain and frost and frozenness or whatever, but, like, things that looked like they should be rideable and rideable fast were just not rideable, and dudes were running, and yeah. even running, they were sliding and like sliding and falling and sliding underneath the the fencing and like <laughs> it was total chaos. Like for a couple of corners, like in these wooded sections. So I don't really know what's going on there, but uh, a lot of people seemed less than thrilled with the yeah. course, and they only did it because it was a World Cup and they had to. And yeah. I think among the most vocal will probably be uh, Tone Eretz who really screwed up the uh, lead into worlds by uh, busting his shoulder. Basically ended the lead to worlds for him. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, I get how many more weeks till worlds. I mean, I, I guess that that's all I really care about at this point. Two, two, two weeks. So I mean, there's even, even if he was uh people Pizzato strong and fixed its collarbone in three weeks, <laughs> He would still not have enough time to be ready oh. for Worlds, unfortunately. Um, maybe, maybe with the Italian showing, they'll just let people ride cross Worlds because he's been grinding the gravel and shit lately. So. He has been grinding <laughs> the gravel, which is incredible. I'm super into it. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm, I'm bummed about Toon. You know, like Toon, Toon was the guy that like he wasn't. He was the guy who wasn't one of the two who always won every single cross race this year on the men's side. You know. Yeah. He, he was the potential the spoiler. One. Hey, guys. Who is, hey. is there going to be anybody that could actually beat Van Art or um, the other guy? Uh, uh, Van uh, Paul? No. No one can beat like, those two. There's not going to be like one of these Germans that comes out of nowhere. You know, like like Meissen or whoever? Well, it was surprised or, that he got like, second awesome today. Valsleben. Like, do you think he could have like oh, kind of a Johnny no Cage style ride where he no. is up there? No. No. I think the only people that could have, a, have any chance, and the and the bookmakers, I'm going to say, putting it at almost zero, is Kevin, because okay. he's been third all the time, and he's he's close enough. And uh, I'm just going to say Kevin, because it was Tune. Tune was the other pick, and that's it. Nobody else is even in the same world as these guys. Hey, I got yeah. another question for you. Now, I I Ask know him. understand that I'm kind of the the outsider here when it comes to being an expert, but. Telefidea Lions is the official yep. team name. Is Lions an, uh, like a company, or is this just like their nickname? Like they're trying to like bring just sports their nicknames. Had they always been called the Lions? No, Sven did that this year. Like so, he's trying to like basically create like a, a like a sports team out of it. Because I mean, <laughs> the only Lions I know are the Detroit Lions, and they're not exactly good in the playoffs. And so then I'm wondering, like, you know, I don't think Sven knew that. Is he gonna? like curse himself going into the world championships mm-hmm. that then all of a sudden like well yeah would you expect it's the lions he did. Like, yeah yeah well, i think he's thinking lions are tough yeah i mean i think that's it and i think it's kind of a smart move if that's what he's doing is uh you know as his riders change you know when his barry sanders uh lars vanderhaar gets hurt and doesn't perform and they don't make it to the playoffs 
you know, and they don't sign him next year, they can still be the Lions and you can still have something to choose, cheer for, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's kind of a, that's kind of a forward-thinking idea. In Lars Vanderhaar is definitely not Barry Sanders, though. I mean, this is... He's, uh, a, he's the same height as Barry Sanders. Yeah, he does <laughs> not have the moves of Barry Sanders. Oh, uh, he might. I mean, he's got some pretty good moves. I mean, he, he was... I guess he can, he he can get a... the whole shot, like, right? Like, that was always, yeah. like, his best part, and Barry, Barry, Barry Sanders could just, like, you know, turn on a dime and get into you know any type of yeah. uh, gap that was. Being it's true. They're different in that sense. Barry Barry never ran fast in a straight line. He just sort of made like four hundred weird little movements and he then broke a lot of ankles. Broke That's a lot sure. of ankles. So yeah. the line. Okay, I I guess I hey. I've seen it before, but I didn't know that was like their official team name to the UCI. I mean, that's pretty um pretty crazy as is. So anyway, hey, so Spencer, yeah, um, come in. That this week we did um, get the final kit reveal. It was the Trek Sega Freda, Sega Fredo yeah. um, kit, and it was the red shoulders on the black kit. Uh, what do you think of that? I'm a big fan of the red and black uh, color combo myself. What about with the so. pinstripe? I guess that the pinstripe gets a little like I know that they're they're that's a continuing element of the kit, but I was wondering if you thought the uh, the pinstripe on that kit was a little too much. No, I, I think it's fine. I like I like the, uh, you know, the nod to uh, seasons past. I uh, I think it's a pretty good looking kit. I the only problem I have with it, I gotta say, is that we're starting to see a number of red kits creeping into the peloton again. Like we're we're so, going we're rebeginning that cycle where we go all red kits, all blue kits, all black kits, all red kits, all blue kits, all black kits. Well, so, I so we posted that picture on the. Um... The Twitter, there, yeah. there's a lot of red on that picture now, right? Because you got BMC, yeah. um, as one of the uh, f- uh, friends of the podcast said, was Mountain Dew Code Red. You got yeah. Al- um, Katusha Alpetian, yep. solid red. Trek with the red shoulders. You got yep. Bahrain, and you have Red Lotto. Yep. Um, that's a lot. And then what's kind of disgusting, in my opinion, is that there's two gradient jerseys now. Yeah, this is a troubling, like, like troubling it's, trend. Because we've noticed this before, right? Where like they do these little, like, uh, you know, someone tests the waters to see if it's going to work. And then slowly, was, like, yeah. something starts to, like, pipe in. And you're like, ooh. This was, yeah, this was Quick Step uh, 2014, I think. They tried to do the gradient with the light blue and black. And thankfully backed off of that the next year. But now we've got Astana and we've got Bora both kind of... Uh... That, Bora, that Bora gradient is really troubling. Like Astana, you kind of accept it because it's Astana. Um, but Bora, like, like they are supposedly, you know, they're going to be the cutting edge team because they have the world's most popular cyclist on the team at this point, Peter Sagan. Everyone's hero. And then oh, at least he's in a world championship jersey, so we don't have to be too worried about it. Yeah. But yeah, that's is... true. But you know what's going to be next? Who's going to come out next year with gradient on it? You know, are we going to oh, see a Abu some Dhabi. sort of UAE Abu Dhabi? <laughs> is like they're, they're seeing the they're seeing the moil of the, the the money of the other oligarchy Astana, and they're like, oh wow, we should jump on that. Um, it's true. The they've, other... they've uh, that's the one area they don't seem to have sprung any money on. They just like pointed at the template uh, on the uh, that, on that, the semi-custom area of the website, yeah. and we're like, yeah, that looks fine. Just color in between yeah. the lines. Let's just put some uh, colors on the lines. I mean, the other one of note, um, so we've got all these red jerseys, right? So you got the new the new track mm-hmm. with the, the, the pinstripe, 
And then we got this horrible gradient trend that's starting to slip in. The other one that Arika Greenedge, or I'm sorry, Arika Scott, is starting to look awfully similar to the Movistar kit. Like, you think they're slowly like biting it? Overnight, it seemed to be like two teams now with blue and green. Like, it used to... I don't know, guys. I think that... They've been blue... Orica's oh. been blue and green. No, Orica's had, like, giant white belly area before when they... What were they last year during the tour? They had... Bike um, Edge. I don't know. Bike Edge? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a little... I just I appreciate how uh, German the team subweb some sunweb kit looks like. You <laughs> look at right. it, just like yeah. ah, that looks like it's probably a knockoff of a, a beer label of some yeah. like popular thing in Germany that we don't know about. You know. Yeah, it is kind of obviously German. It's like, <laughs> do you guys have German exchange students at your high school? Because <laughs> we had German exchange students and and. Even on like the first day, they'd show up, and you'd you'd like way down the hall, you'd be like, "Well, I know that's not a new kid, that's a German," because there's just <laughs> something about him, and you, you don't know. You could just you couldn't even put your finger on what it was, but there was something just a little different. Even the, like jeans and a t-shirt, and you'd be like, "Those are weird jeans. You're German, aren't you?" And they'd that, be like, "Yeah." T-shirt's seventy five dollars, and those jeans are too tight. Who is this kid? He's German. <laughs> so, so you like how the Sunweb. The, uh, the, the v on that the v-neck on that t-shirt goes down to his belt oh, yeah. <laughs> obscenely low for high school <laughs> i don't know the uh the sunweb oh. kit i'm I'm with you spencer i'm happy I, i'm happy that it's continuing kind of that uh the the vertical stripes who had it last year mm-hmm. dimension uh was it dimension De- or mtn Quebec that had the um, ago, yeah vertical stripes like that so that was pretty cool and then uh i mean just overall there's a lot of red Disappointment in the Alpetian kit for me. The Katusha Alpetian kit is just a little too uh, too lame. And then the, yeah. I don't know, just Erika. Erika used to have Orica. Sorry, used to have the white shoulders. I just looked it up. They had like a white shoulders and blue bottom, and it is starting to get a little too eerily similar. But major props also to Team Quickstep for keeping you know with tradition. And I don't know what the owner of that team has on the quick step um ceo or if they're like best friends <laughs> but that yeah. has to be the longest continuing sponsorship uh in cycling at this point i mean that maybe, or lotto yeah maybe maybe well yeah maybe one of the lottos but that's a state run thing like so the quick step that's it's pretty impressive um we mm-hmm. did when we were opening up swift cycle um a few years back in Gainesville we did buy quick step floors just because of the um, sponsorship, nice. and I remember telling that to the guy at the, the flooring store. I was like, "Oh, you have Quick Step? We'll get that." And he's like, "Really? Like you're just gonna ask for a brand? <laughs> like you know, like they never <laughs> like, who goes into a flooring store to ask for a brand?" Yeah, probably yeah. just you. Yeah. Did you seem impressed? Like you had uh, discerning tastes, or was he kind of like nobody buys that? It's garbage. Yeah, well, I, I, I was asking him if he had a Tom Bonin cardboard cutout because I needed it for uh. the race I was gonna promote <laughs> for the podium, uh-huh. but. Surprisingly not. Well, the kids have you guys out... seen? You seen the new Wanty kit? No. Oh yeah, I have not. I think it's pretty nice. What's there for? You know what else is nice? That's not a, a, a world tour team is the Aqua Blue kit. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of. It's very, very, very minimal. Yeah, I think we're gonna see the. I, I'm curious to see how often we see it in races, but yeah, the Wanty and that one. Mm-hmm. I think. I like uh, the Wanty. Much like, uh, like uh, you know. A what triple A baseball and stuff. We get kind of the cool 
stuff happening at that level just below the world tour because aqua blue that team aqua blue kid is very nice spencer i just uh, yeah. that um kind of the pattern like the yeah the check pattern and it's not um i know like i always thought argyle for uh team slipstream and garmin like was kind of pretty cool how they had their their item but i feel it's been really minimized over the the years and even this year yeah. it's it's yeah. kind of there but it's 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 lined up with that green that just kind of makes it a little bit uh, tough. But I will say this about yeah. Kendale Draypack with that green kit. It is probably the one kit that, you know, they own that color. No one else has yeah. that color in the Peloton, just like Lotto, Yellow Lotto has theirs. So, yeah, um, and yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, but it is. Anyway, so the kits are out. And then uh, that and as we were talking a little bit about Astana, I don't know if you guys saw. Well, of course, you know now that Maddie Bruchel is on. Um, Astana. I didn't okay. know yep. that. So remember when he was good? Well, that's <laughs> so. There's a story on uh, Velo News about how he just called up the guy at Astana after he didn't get the contact uh, the contract renewal, um, mm-hmm. and he called up uh, after he got cut from Cannondale last year. He called up Astana to see if they were interested, and they were like, "Yes, come to our team." And we we've talked a lot about Astana. It's, it's no secret that it's probably not our favorite team in the professional peloton for uh, my rider, you know, yeah. a, t- a ton of reasons. But would you got two good riders? Would you do it, guys? Would you go to Astana? Would you go to because like I have a lot of respect for a guy like uh, Phil Guyman who is like, yeah, I'm going to retire. I'm not going to call up a team like that. You know, like he he made it very explicit that there's only certain teams he would ride for. Would you would you ride for Astana? Would you go into the belly of the beast of one of the most hated teams in professional cycling for? Well, what's my more like? What's my mortgage situation look like? How am I leveraged? Because you know, we, we I think some You're of living these riders might right. You're living okay. in Girona. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need the okay. I need this job. I need this job. Yeah, no, you just like, yeah. You, you got an apartment over there. Yeah. Otherwise, you're living yeah. at your in your mom's basement. Which is not <laughs> yeah. The I, the... I just think it's it's hard for some. You know, obviously we can throw stones, but. You know, some of these guys probably got houses. No, no, I know what you're not. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, they all just also need jobs. And, like, you can have, you can also be like, I don't want to go to Astana, but then come November 1st, you're looking around and you're like, boy, would I love to get paid to ride my bike next next year. And boy, would I love to keep this house that my family lives in. If your options are Astana will hire me to be a worker for 75K or. I could go back to the U.S., race domestically, win everything, be, you know, the fucking guy. Lockheed Morton or something. I would, I would get a free kit, and I'd have, <laughs> I'd have to get whatever I can sell the bike for on eBay at the end of the season. You know, like yeah. I gotta imagine even the drop well, down get... to like a second division, a Conti team has got to be a huge pay cut. Well, I didn't have dudes, the, you know, um, yeah. I didn't have an ulterior motive when I asked, right? Because I think oh, you guys are making good points. I'm just, I don't know what I would do in that in that shoes. And I, like, here's the thing. Like, he in the story, he called them up, and they were like, "Yes, please come to my team." And I was, I'd be like, "Well, and that's that because skills. they have sauce on that team." <laughs> I can answer this question for little guy. I don't know about myself, um, but <laughs> as long as McKelly Scarponi is employed by Astana, little guy would be like, "Yes, I will come ride for you." I these are my conditions. I need to be Scarponi's roommate. The yeah, and I get to hang out with Frankie. The yeah, yeah. I'm on, me and Scarponi are on the same race program, and I'm his yeah. roommate. And yeah. it's gonna be 
It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to have a good time. I think that'd be great. I mean, it'd be kind of a bummer to be doing it for Astana. It'd be, it'd be cooler if we did it for, like, a Italian sheet metal manufacturer or something, just throwing shit out there. It's but... weird not having that purple kit in the, uh, in the, in the professional peloton anymore. It's a shame. They'll be back. You know they're, you know they're already, like, uh, yeah, we should probably sponsor a cycling team. <laughs> We've seen a big drop off in name recognition already. <laughs> yeah, the guys at the Maytag factory just didn't order as much sheet metal this year. They're like, whoa, who are you, Lampra? <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, more importantly than it being the debate of uh, road season versus cross season, which is, you know, a hot topic here in, in January, February, as well as it is in uh, August. Um, what's what's actually more important, I think, is that it's gravel season. Uh, it's actually fat bike season, you guys. You're both wrong. But anyway, let's talk about gravel. No, let's talk about fat bike season. I mean, we, we <laughs> no, have so no. much to talk about. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> in our ongoing effort to knock fat bike radio off the top of the pile of fat bike uh, news... We could report that Fat Bike Nationals is around the corner on some future Ooh. date here in the next couple of weeks. And potentially. American superstar that Jamie Driscoll will be at Fat Bike Nationals. And oh, I, really? In fact, we, we should go um, right away to uh, Ace Reporter on the side of the uh, of the course who's 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 ridden it before. Um, uh, Lance uh, uh, Storm. Wait, no, lukewarm. Uh, lukewarm. <laughs> Lance Storm. I like Lance Storm. Maybe he's Lance. He's lukewarm's fat biking alter ego. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, I don't. I, we can't patch through to uh, to Luke right now. I think he might be too deep in the wilderness of a fat bike uh, wilderness out there in Michigan. Uh, reception is not good. Um, the last report we got from him was that he had seen uh, uh, second place cyclocross nationals finisher Jamie Driscoll out doing intervals on the course and uh, that the snow was thick but fast. I don't know what that means, but uh, that was the report from the ground. That sounds good. Ah, mm-hmm. Good good report. That was really good. Tim, Especially you got some, some gravel stories, though, don't you? Didn't I hear... Some, uh... I, I'm going to tell you the gravel stories after we go to the pre-lap. Oh, is it a pre-lap time? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Let me uh, let me talk to the official and see if we can get a bell going. I'm Anthony Clark, just hanging out, sliding into the Slow Ride podcast. Well, who are we racing for this week, Spencer? Prem Lap is on, and as always, we are representing this week uh, Health IQ. Again. Uh, Repeat again. sponsors. So good. Yeah, this is, this is fantastic. Right, let me take the lead on this one, Spencer. You ready? Oh, go right ahead. Please hey, do. Good luck. If you're listening to this podcast, things probably aren't going so well for you right now. Yeah? Things, things are a little low. And you need to start planning ahead, so therefore you need some life insurance. And there's no better place to go to life insurance than healthiq.com slash slowride to get the best deal possible on your life insurance. How'd I do it? Did I crush that it? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Pretty healthiq.com slash slowride. 
Um, I actually know we got a text from a, a good friend of the pod that I can read that uh, um, he is actually worried about his life. Um, so he could be a good. God, that was really morbid. I wasn't trying to say that. I was just like, no, no, no. Oh, no. This is this is an actual real text that I got from a, a former a professional domestic racer, Johnny Sunt, uh, longtime cyclocross racer, oh, yeah. and uh, he's won Athens. He's like one of my one of those... favorite racers. I mean, what could he? I can't wait to hear what he had to say. I his, I his favorite thing. His favorite thing to do is show me the photo of when he ripped his thumb off at, uh, I believe, at Athens. Um, Twilight. The man crit. better get health insurance. It's disgusting. Yeah, if anybody needs it, Johnny does. But he probably he ride that... more than 50, uh, 50 miles a week too, so he can get that uh, discount. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's gonna get that discount from uh, from Health IQ. But he says he's been driving a lot lately because he's a sales rep and he's listening to the podcast. And he says he's uh, quite likely to die in a fiery ball on I-35 in Waco, Texas. And the last thing he'll hear as he slips this mortal coil is fucking Super Ricky mispronouncing some French guy's name. So that's, a, you know, a bonus uh, shout-out, positive review for the pod. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's a five-star review right there. So thanks, Johnny. Thanks for that. So if, if you're on the road all the time, you know, it's not always about riding your bike, getting hit by cars, and dying. Like, you could just die in a fiery car crash. It could, you could die lots of ways. <laughs> So go to healthiq.com. The positive take away from this: you could die <laughs> yeah. at any moment. Yeah, I mean, you you know, we joke, but it's true. You could die it's at true. any moment. So, um, you could be dead right now. That's some good stuff. Be. And we'd also like to thank. So go go to the healthiq.com/slowride and uh, find out more. Johnny, thanks for the uh, great text message. You got some good play on the old Twitter sphere, Twitter sphere, and then um, we'll talk more about some French cyclists in a little bit. But we'd also like to thank the supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Once again, WideAnglePodium.com. And last week, we did a, our um, raffle for, from the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wide Angle Podium's uh, fun drive. So you're going to have to go back and listen to last week's episode if you were one of the supporters. And take a look at your Narweasel's number plate. And you can get the care package from a lot of our great sponsors and partner shows, including Crosshairs Radio, The Consummate mm-hmm. Athlete. Um, mm-hmm. We also had uh, the Meyerson line. And uh, a couple of other shows, including the Honest Bicycle Program and Kids Don't Follow. And my favorite um, podcast on the Wide Angle Podium Network, Boston Bike Love. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, So, yeah, go check out uh, last week's show. See if you won. Uh, All the other shows uh, on the network um, have got uh, episodes up with other winners. You've got four chances to win. Um, Yeah. It's our way of saying thanks. And I do want to just shout out Consummate Athlete Podcast. That's a wide-ranging podcast, and it's not just about bikes, which I really enjoy. Like, to learn about just glimpses of other sports and various other things that are going on that aren't cycling-related, it's pretty awesome. Do you think it takes a wide angle? Oh, (laughs) yes. It does. It does. And it's great because you can can relate it back, I think, to cycling pretty easily. No, you know what I mean? like it's there... like training tips and all this stuff through different lenses and you can you know we all go through the same stuff like it's all amateur athletes trying to be as good as they can on limited times and budgets and whatnot yeah. it's just an impressive show for the the breadth of people that it they is. get on there versus you know just mm-hmm. us three schlubs every week um so with that uh let's uh let's get back to the show <laughs> cool uh this is Stephen hyde with cannondale 
cyclocrossworld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? Yeah. You know, I've kind of made fun of gravel grinding over the years, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. kind of there. Um, I don't, is that true? I don't think you have. I mean, I mean, not a ton, but I'm all in on it now. I've been riding the last uh, last two weeks now. I've uh, been some nice Sunday rides out around mm-hmm. the um, Lake Apopka in uh, Central Florida. There's some great uh, gravel roads, and there's a couple of uh, decent little hills. Uh, you know, we call it the Green Monster. Um, it's got a couple switchbacks. Uh, it's pretty much the only <laughs> okay. hill. But I will say this: it's been a lot of fun. Now that I got the bike a little bit more dialed in, and you start to like learn where the potholes are on the ride all the time. You know, it's it's a different. I don't know. I just wanted to say that. I know I've never done the Almanzo, but it's a new form of riding, and I've been having oh, a lot of fun, and it's a, a uh, it's a good time. Yeah, you better send in your postcard, little guy, for the Almanzo. Put that note down. I had, I had totally forgot about that. this couples in with the Dirty Kanza, um, the, the yep. biggest one, which costs $150 to race, sold out in 12 minutes on Saturday. Saturday was the registration <laughs> for it, and in 12 minutes it sold out. And there were crazy. hundreds of people... That were claiming that the internet was down and that like it was all like janky on the the registration, so they didn't get in. You know, like it, mm-hmm. of course it wasn't their so, fault. It was the so they weren't. Fault. But did the it just did the dirty Kanza did the dirty Kanza not use bike reg? Like, what's the problem? I don't I don't know what the problem is. That probably is one of them. But the thing is, yeah. is that they totally sold out, and there may not have been an internet problem. It might have just been like those people were too slow. They weren't, you know. The three yep. of us, we're the kings of pressing F5 and registering, so we're usually in the front couple rows at the events that are registered by, you know, staged by registration. I just have to admit that I was a little uh, shocked that um, that, that, many yeah. people, that many people get into that, and now I'm like, man, and that's like a haul. Like, people are coming from all over the country for that event. Yeah. You know, how is it that that many people want to do a flat race in Kansas when you could go do a beautiful free race in southern Minnesota? I think it's all about the marketing. I think I think it's a yeah. I think Dirty Kanza has has taken it to the next level where they're like, oh, it's 150 bucks. This is what you're gonna get, and it is the ultimate ride. Um, I think Almanzo has done a great job, but because there isn't like a fee on it and everyone can do it, it's a little bit more grassroots and not like you're getting official results. I mean, you do it Dirty yeah. Kanza, it's you know you get the full. I mean, it seems like there's a lot more support for it than Not for 150 said. bucks. I'd hope so. Like, but this, that's, I guess. Well, I guess I'm glad then because I don't want to. I don't want to go to a race that costs 150 bucks. So, I'm, well, I I'm think glad, it's more I'm of like glad. an event at that point, right? Like, think about how much Kona costs for Ironman, or and, you know, and people make that their destination goal. So maybe yeah. Kansas is Kansas that. But think if you've been training, I mean, and then all of a sudden you can't get in. Right, like you're like, oh man, I got this 200 mile bike ride, and then you, you know, your kid all of a sudden needs a diaper change, and then you're like, oh no, like I, I missed registration. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah, well, I, that's what I hear. Oh, so man. I'm all in on the gravel riding, guys. I don't know about you guys, um, but I, I am like now the, a firm believer. I'm not at fat biking yet. But it could be. Mark my words. Two years from now, I could be talking about it. I'm not on the curve. You know, I'm. I'm definitely the guy that finds out about things well after they're cool. So while gravel bike riding, for all I know, is on the decline, I'm like, hey, guys, this is awesome. Everyone should buy a gravel bike. You know what? Uh, <clears throat> speaking of registration problems, um, the interesting solution they had to that with uh, one of our 
goofy local races up here um, put on by a friend of the pod, Colin Reuter, uh, from crossresults.net fame. Um, the Ice Weasels race, they just opened registration at like 3 in the morning online. <laughs> so like they're like nobody's gonna be up and if they are they deserve to get in and then so it's kind of like when you get there when you wake up in the morning you just sort of register and you know you got as good a shot as anybody really it's not but like, i wouldn't it takes wouldn't away the, well. the people waiting there waiting for oh no for it to I, open. i'd wait till 3 a.m yeah, yeah you would i wouldn't be able to sleep so i'd just have to get up and do it anyway because i'd be so nervous i wasn't gonna get in <laughs> Yeah, well, it takes most of the crush away anyway. So. And we yeah. had, um, there's uh, two uh, two good emails uh, this week that I wanted to get oh. to. Okay. The first one to our email account, theslowridepod at gmail.com, was from yes. John Marin, um, who says, Hey there, guys, listening to the recent podcast, and once again, the reference to Mitch Docker's intro music. And yes, we all have the Mitch Docker voice in our head. Um, here in the UK, or in the UK, it was the UK TV Channel 4 that ran a Tour de France 30-minute highlight show. So once again, he confirms what it is, but what's great is that he actually sent us the link to the, um, to the music, which is, in fact, fantastic. And great podcast <laughs> really of the good. show. Keep up the banter, as they say. Greetings from Ottawa, Ontario. Your one Irish listener living in Canada, John Marin. Oh, now, deep. little guy, you and I spent some time in Ottawa. And uh, I was yep. telling this story. Uh, Twelve yeah, hours, maybe. Yeah, I was <laughs> telling this story uh, the other day to a friend of mine that um, I, we were doing an alley cat in uh, Ottawa, and uh, yep. I think uh, you and Caitlin were doing the scavenger hunt side, and I was doing the um, the, uh, the the speed race side, and mm-hmm. I was in the lead group of four um, couriers, three of which were from Ottawa, and I was the out of towner, and. Mm-hmm. We get into an intersection, like, right when Parliament's letting out. So it's, like, 5.30 p.m., and never in my life had I seen this before. Like, normally when I was going through an intersection, I would just yell, like, some kind of noise and then hope that people would, like, recognize that there's a noise coming so they would get out of the crosswalk. Because, I mean, I was a jerk. I was running red lights, and I had to win this race, right? These guys had the brilliant idea of having a whistle. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, those three guys rocked their whistle, and everybody parted, like Moses parting the Red Sea through the crosswalks, and we got through. And at that point, I was like, man, whistles are the way to go for every alicat from now on. Yeah. So It was all, they were all about that in Canada. And when we got to Montreal, same deal. Everybody had a whistle. And I think Ottawa is one of the coolest cities in uh, the country. And anyways, in North America, I loved going to Ottawa. I liked it a little bit more than Montreal because I felt that I could get away with speaking English a little bit more. Whereas in Montreal, there's definitely like more of the get out of here American. Yeah, yeah. depending on what side of town you're on, yeah. Which leads into the second email that we got with the subject line, Make America Great Again. And this comes from Ruby Roubaix, um, longtime supporter of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Hey, guys. In the current spirit of Make America Great Again, I would like to test little guy's patriotic spirit. If in some (laughs) counterfactual reality he could revisit the 1989 – uh, Tour de France Ooh. and slow Greg LeMond by a whisker of over eight seconds. Would he prefer a Fignon win over a great American sporting victory? LeMond or Fignon? Who would it be? Oh man! Guy? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go back and influence it because you know you get the whole butterfly effect, and um, and then you know then I'm bald now or something. So or maybe he doesn't get <laughs> shot. Yeah. Could be. Well, I mean, I have to, yeah, to go back Maybe. even farther. 
Maybe I, Indurain wins seven tours instead of Lance, you know? Yeah, because what? So what well, do you do, little no. guy? The Ruby Roubaix demands answers. He says, I, I wouldn't Orfignon, do anything. I, who would I would just be, be happy, to, happy to be there and, and witness it so, a little bit. So, so. LeMond would have already won uh, a tour, you know? It wouldn't be like he, w- he would shut the door on his career or anything. So he's already a tour winner. Yep. Fignon's trying to go out on top. Like Had Fignon ever won a tour? Twilight. Oh, yeah. He won one. One or two? Uh, in 89, he no, won no, no. How many two? tours did Fignon He won two. Win? He won 83 and 84. Okay. Yeah. And then LeMond won 88. No. 86. Good Lord, no. 86? All right. When Ruby, did you get shot? Ruby, write in and test uh, Super yeah. Rookie's uh, rookie. patriotism. Ask him, got... ask him if he's ever even heard of Pedro Delgado. <laughs> no, I know about Pedro he... Delgado. He showed up to the time trial start the prologue late. Yeah, uh, but what year did he win? 88. Was it okay? Uh, so I was gonna wait. I was, Spencer, I was gonna let him like. So who won really in '87? Work on that for a long time. Stephen Roach. Stephen Roach. '86 was Lamond. Greg Lamond. Yeah. Okay. '85 was Hino. When did Lamond get shot? '90. No, no. He got he got shot before the '89 tour. That's why it was such yeah. a big comeback. Oh, okay. He got shot in right. like '88 or at some me. point in '87 or you're something. You're the one that hasn't answered the question yet about if you're an American <laughs> patriot or if you, if your love for Fignon is too oh, important. Man. This is such good. This tactics. may be the best um, question that's ever been asked. I mean, I'm pretty impressed. By I this. wouldn't. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I mean, I, he's probably became my favorite writer partially because I watched that '89 tour uh, video they had at the library so many times, and I and it was just so heartbreaking. Um, to watch that close defeat. So, all right. Well, and you know, it's it's here's what here's what makes it even more heartbreaking. When I was first into cycling, I didn't have a you know you didn't have the YouTube access of watching any bit of bike race. So I had the tour VHSs from the library. So I would get to watch the '86, which was awesome, and I'd watch '89, and I would be like, oh, I love Finian, and he'd lose by a whisk, just a whisker, right? And Every and you know time. from watching the video. Yeah, you know from watching the video that he'd won the Giro earlier in the year, and he's uh, he's won all these other things. But I never got to witness any of this. And then you'd get the 1990 video. They had that one as well at the library. They didn't have 91, but they had 90. You get 90, and right away, like second stage, third stage, Finian pulls out. He's sick. And that just really broke my heart because I watched 89, and I was like, well, I can't wait to go rent 90. Because I'm going to get a rematch, you know, yeah. and then he's and he pulls out and then all I could do was go to cycling news and look at the, you know, like look at the results and see them somewhere and be like, well, he never he never got on a tour podium again. What happened? And it just made it more tragic and more beautiful. Oh, and the library had the 93 tour and he looks Finian looks like he's aged about 25 years by that point, And he wins a stage and he looks so happy just to win a stage. And he yeah. looks so old. Like, <laughs> well, I think that this is a pretty damn good question that's gotten us uh, pretty far. And I also remember that the library had those DVD, or sorry, had those VHS tapes, but um, I never rented them because I didn't really know about cycling that much. They also had the Nissan Tour of Ireland. Like they had a couple years of that. They had like ninety three, ninety two, yeah. ninety three tour. And uh, yeah, 86, 89, 90, 92, 93. So I watched those years so many times. I like know those years like 
like by heart and then in between i know nothing <laughs> well yeah get, well and now what's uh what's amazing so i was um you know we moved recently to the new house here and uh as i was packing or unpacking some boxes i have all of these like the world cycling productions dvds like i have an amazing collection of world cycling you're welcome <clears throat> um and i don't know <laughs> nice where book. i got them all but i mean <laughs> There are a ton, they're, and they're out of Tim. They're out of business, so I think it's okay to yeah. say I gave you a whole bunch of them when I worked there. <laughs> so, but yeah. they're like all the, my DVDs are really hard to know which one I'm watching because yeah. it's written in like an old erasable sharpie on the yeah, yeah, top of saying. what like, it was. So I don't know. What I they have to are. make sure I put them in the right case, otherwise I'll be screwed. Yeah. So there's, you know, these are like the the cutting room floor versions. But yeah, I, I have like to test say DVDs. that I don't know if I should like. I won't get rid of them. Because there's the great pictures and everything, but I'm like, all these races are probably at this point just on YouTube anyway, which is yeah, way yeah. easier to use because I tried to plug in my, my DVD player to the new TV, and I didn't even have the cord that goes from my DVD player into the back of the TV, and I was like, do they still make those cords? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no cords are made anywhere. Tim, uh, you know what I have? You pro- I don't know if you have it or not. I got the... Um... Liege that Tyler won. No, oh, no, I I bought that one before Spencer even oh, worked there. Yeah, that one because I, I had the picture because that was a that was a double disc. Didn't that also have? Um, yeah, yeah, it has it the the Tyler win, and they then did. I think it's got like a head head Vogue or something. No, no they packaged Fletch. they packaged Fletch and Liege yeah. together. Oh. Yeah, that's right. The Spring Classics kind of Ardennes series, and then they do uh, Gent Wevelgum and uh, Head Vogue together. Oh. Yeah, so. Yeah. I Which makes no sense, so cool like chronologically. I... Like, <laughs> so how many people do you think uh, have actually watched all twelve hours of like, you know, when you got the twelve, the Tour de France box set, and it was like the yeah. twelve-hour oh, version? So long. Like that's. Yeah. I mean, you, like how many people do you think actually them. got on the trainer was like, oh sweet, today's stage thirteen. Like, I, like, and that was I before have, trainers were good. One hundred percent watched all of them, yeah. all the way through all twelve hours. Yeah, Multiple I think I've oh, I've watched Painfully, a fair amount I've of them. Also watched I remember, a lot of it. I remember always getting the race and being like, yeah, I can like fast forward to like thirty k to go." Yeah, the, the, I gotta say the ones where there's that much that much time aren't as good as the old VHS ones because they had a limited amount of time. They had to do some tight editing. Yeah, but like the uh, the like tour of Flanders, like the '94 Flanders I've got and stuff like that. Those are nice. They're tight. Though I do have a double VHS of like yeah, '94 Flanders is a double. <laughs> yeah, those double are good, VHS. man. Those are those are those are in the basement just in case I ever get on the trainer again. Yeah, good luck with that. Queued up. I also got like the '94. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So birds. We'd also like to remind people that they can go into iTunes and rank us and rate us. Just give us a nice five-star review. You can write some horrible things about us, but just give us that five-star review because it really does help us uh, find new listeners. Um, we are still in the top ten on the amateur category of sports and recreation. but uh, This is incredible. And, and you know, rank, ranking and reviewing is... It's super important because we actually don't do any advertising at all. Like, you're not going to open up your Vela News and see... An advertisement like, hey, listen to the Slow Ride podcast. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we should do that we, though. We wow. don't, we don't have the resources to do that. So ranking and reviewing, and and that allows the uh, that you know to pop up in higher up in the feeds for people who are searching for cycling stuff or just telling a friend, anything like that. That's the only way this show gets more listeners 
And that's what we want. And that's how you can help us if uh, if you can't do anything else. So Here's yeah. another way you could help us. You could just print out a piece of paper that says, listen to the Slow Ride podcast. And then go to your local Barnes & Noble and insert it into all <laughs> the cycling magazines. Just slip it in. <laughs> page 16, every one of them. Boom, boom, boom. Cycling news, cycling. There's the two cycling ones. I don't know what they are. Road, you know, the one that has all the power graphs. One it's just Peloton. like a bunch of squiggly lines in it and stuff. I like it. I enjoy reading Peloton. Peloton looks pretty. I like Road because it's big and it's like all kinds of graphs. And you're like, yeah, I'm learning stuff. I think the Peloton power. one, I've been pretty um, pretty thrilled with. I don't, I don't know which ones are still in business, so I, I can't add to well, this there's, conversation. There's bicycling, Road, Peloton, Dirt Rag. Cycling and cycling. Velo, or is it Velo News? Did they I think go it back, back to Velo News. Okay. Does Velo News still print one? Yeah. I think I think it's ten months a year, like bicycling now. So, oh, okay. Um, there There's all the weird it. British ones that are just about how you should lay off the fish and chips in winter and stuff. Yeah, well, that's good advice. So it's really good you advice. You could go and give us a uh, review; that would be good. And um, little guy, so, one of the things that we do have on the um, for our wide angle podium subscribers is the. Uh, Klein Corner with the little guy, which has gotten some great reviews for us. Um, anything mm-hmm. uh, in the in the Klein neck of the woods on the live podcast that you want to check in with? <laughs> yeah, I saw a good bike uh, a week or two ago. It was old, um, older Klein, six fifty in the rear, single speeded. Uh, had a newer, like a niner, twenty nine or niner fork on the front, with a twenty nine inch front wheel. Uh-huh. And uh, a disc, just a disc brake in the front, no brake in the back, and uh, you know some flat bars and stuff. Cruising around downtown, I don't know who this dude was. It was a weird setup. Bike was super cockeyed and like, because it had yeah. the big twenty nine er in the front. Um, but a goofball winter bike, so I appreciate that. <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to talk to him. They were they were like going the opposite ways, me and they zip by so quick. I was just. Just had a second to uh, try to process all all the weirdness that had been done to the bike. Yeah, that's a. It's good. Like a, yeah, that's a. I don't know. Are you sure you saw it? Are you sure it wasn't like a Yeti situation? Like, is that a, a abominable snowman over there? No, it couldn't be. Mm, I think I Did saw you get it. like a blurry photograph and you can't tell what you know if it really no. says Klein. It would have to be going pretty slow for me to get my phone to open the camera function. In yeah, time. that's you what I was that. thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh huh. No, I don't know. I might have just imagined it, but I've got to think if I was dreaming of uh, seeing a Klein, I would have dreamt up a cooler Klein. So, now, I just, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to segue here on the, on the dreaming. Um, I earlier in this podcast decided that i now have a dream because mm-hmm. um, it's martin you know, luther king day obviously no well that that's a nice poll i gotta give it to you that's tomorrow but um we i know we collectively have a dream to get george hincapi on this podcast yeah mm-hmm. um and and i believe that we will do that in 2017 but i think before we get there we can use a stepping stone do you think that we can get mitch docker on this podcast oh that'd be so good i don't think he's actually stepping stone because i doubt he knows george and cabby <laughs> i mean for us not for him um okay yeah we should we should ask him um i'll send him an email that'd right. be cool i would love to talk to mitch docker that would <laughs> that would be awesome 
Dude, I'm, gonna, cool. I'm gonna download Super his podcast good. today. Dude, you gotta listen to some yep, of them. I will. Just start with the pair. Done. Bag. I'm in. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get cracking on this dream, uh, and we'll keep uh, George as our pie in the sky. Um, you know, eyes on the pies, as they say. And um, you know, that'll be that'll be coming in 2017. So something yeah, I gotta, to look forward. I, I guess I guess one more thing. Speaking of cracking, I think okay. I cracked one of my ribs again. Oh, that's uh, good. Because I I crashed into a bike rack last Tuesday. Um, wait a second. And. I'm gonna I need some injured the same side that I injured in in cross in September. I I managed to hurt the same part of my body again. Oh, I'm sorry, um, guy. How'd yeah, you do it? It's kind of sucks. Uh, you know how in winter the smallest deviation in pavement height can become a disaster because yes. you can't tell, <laughs> and suddenly the side of your tire is like you know rubbing on the wrong way. I was riding by MCTC, and uh, there's like a, a huge row of bike racks, and I'm just riding along, no problem, and suddenly my bike is shooting off to the right, and um, I try to correct for it. I kind of put my leg out to like balance myself. That doesn't really work very well because there's so many bike racks that my right knee hits one of the bike racks <sighs> and whips me 180 degrees, and I... Like my, I slide into one of the bike racks, like with my back, like my lower left rib Ugh. back area, um, knocks me to the ground, knocks the wind out of me. A uh, very nice woman came over, picked up my bike, was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I don't know. I can't talk." Had could not talk for a long time. She tried to give me some coffee. She's like, "I got some coffee. Nice. You want some coffee?" Uh, it was very nice. Um, I sat there and just like kind of leaned on my bike for 10 minutes and now it's like pretty much the same area that i heard in september that took about a month and a half to fully heal uh, good luck um now i'm just like right back there so i can't like roll over in bed and <laughs> i can't really like pull on my handlebars again it's really cool but the nice part is when it happened i was like i couldn't really use my left side for a little bit like for the couple hours you know and i was like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna have a baby soon and i'm not gonna be able to pick up my own baby because i won't be able to lift anything but it's not that bad i can lift light small things um so that's good i was really worried about that that was gonna be so stupid like that i'd be like practice yeah like get a nice little eight pound like bag of sand and just practice lifting that up like uh i carried a 15 pound bag of rice at the store earlier today so i'm good nailed it's it it's gonna be a pretty fat baby but yeah yeah it's gonna be big it's gonna be yeah. a sprinter that's right we know <laughs> like it. it tom boonin tom boonin the first and la- first and middle name well look guy, yeah. we hope you feel better and we come around yeah, but with that we'd like to thank everyone for listening to the slow ride podcast remember you can email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at the slow ride pod you can also also, do yourself a major favor. Gain points across your cycling community by waving at all your fellow cyclists when you see them coming down the road or even the sidewalk because we have to be welcoming to one another as we're out there. And with that, I have nothing else to say, guys. What else do we need to – who else do we need to thank? Oh, BK1, Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music, which is yeah, probably my favorite intro and outro music. Take that, Mitch Docker. And um, <laughs> anything uh, you got, uh, Spencer? 
no, no. That I think you nailed it. Right. Head over to healthiq.com slash slow ride to uh, also support us that way. Get some life insurance and discount and wide angle podium dot com to learn more about our family of shows. Yeah, okay, now you nailed it. See you later. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.